Radio Influence. The future is now. As America's zone coach, premier thought leader, and the world's number one coach of champions, Jim Fannin is the go-to person. He has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, and students in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal, to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin, Jim Fannin has been behind the scenes guiding individuals through the intricate process of peak performance. His success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. And now, please welcome the coach of champions and America's zone coach, Jim Fannin. Hello, everyone. This is Jim Fannin. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I'm with my sidekick, Seth Hurd, and producer, Seth. What's up? Hello. You know, a part of being in the zone is stepping into an arena where you know that you're a part of something bigger than yourself. We've got some fantastic stuff to cover today. But we've got to start out by shouting out to who's in the zone. And this is a very special week because of the feedback we're getting. Who's in the zone is you. The feedback was pretty overwhelming uh, to me, uh, and I know to you, Seth, um, last week's show was about negative stress, and, and we provided a whole bunch of tools, and the Zoniacs, the, our listeners of the Jim Fannin Show, I know you're applying these tools to your life and, and to your company uh, and to your families. Uh, we're more than just worker bees. We're more than just owners of companies. We're more than careers. Uh, we're souls having awesome human experiences. And right now, uh, because of the world and because of outside influences, uh, that's easy to come into our lives because of social media and 24-hour news and, and just everything that can really bombard us. In fact, no time in history have we had more information, Seth, coming at us uh, 24 hours than right now. And uh, there's a lot of chaos. And the Zoniacs, the, the listeners of the show, have uh, put themselves almost in an invisible phone booth and said, you know what? We're not going to allow the stress to come in. Uh, we're going to have our purposeful calm. And... Uh, uh, congratulations to everybody. We got a lot of feedback and uh, keep it going and keep passing on uh, uh, the calm, the cool and the, and the peace and the love uh, that really makes the world go around. You know, and I was going to say one of the things that's unique about the Jim Fannin show is, you know, it runs the gamut from soccer moms, to CEOs, from virtual reality designers to professional athletes. And no matter what your role, I'm guessing that there's probably somebody out there who seems just maybe even one person in your life, if you can imagine that, who seemed a little stressed right now. You could probably name someone who has dealt with a little bit of stress or a lot or bucket loads. And well, what, what, what do you do? What do you do with somebody like that? You know, <clears throat> we can eliminate them from our lives, but you know, if it's your mom uh, or, or, <laughs> or a significant other or, or your brother, uh, obviously, uh, that's a family member. I, I think 
I think the key when there are negative people in your life that can contribute stress in a negative way to your life, um, we need to help them get rid of their stress so you can help them or help them deal with whatever they're dealing with. Uh, Secondly, uh, you can take it with a grain of salt and know that it's their challenge. It's not your challenge. It's their challenge. And um, you can't have an open dialogue. And then if that's not possible, especially if it's someone close, then you're going to have to figure out how to avoid the situation, the conditions, and the circumstances. And that's where it gets a little more complicated, and I, I understand that. But there is negativity everywhere. But the zoniacs of, of the world, the SCORE successes and practitioners, um, we've immunized ourselves against zone breakers or score breakers, as we call them. You know, we run a gauntlet every single day. time we wake up, especially if we turn on the television, the time we go to bed at night, we run a gauntlet of other people's challenges, other people's negativity. And, you know, one of the favorite things in life is I'll just dump on you so I feel better. I'm going to pass on my challenges. Oh, you can't believe what happened to me. And you're like, oh, no. (laughs) And I'm now going to dump on you. Seth, I'm going to give you all my challenges. I'm going to talk about all the negative things that have impacted me, and I'm going to give them to you. I don't know what I want you to do with them, but I feel so much better getting that off my chest. And then I leave, and now all of a sudden, you know, like a, like a virus or like a flu, next thing you know, especially if you receive it from more than one person, you've got the sniffles to uh, the opposite of the zone, that peak performance, purposeful calm that's not just limited to athletes. But the opposite of the zone is the downs. And that, that's a scary place for a lot of us to be. And, and the downs is a depression. It can be mild. It can be severe. Um, if uh, some of these negatives are, are the sniffles, then, uh, boy, the downs, that's the attitudinal flu. And it's like a quicksand. You know, the more... You're in those negative uh, quicksand. The harder you try, the worse it becomes. And the next thing you know, you're talking like a victim, talking like a judge, bitching, moaning, complaining, pointing fingers. And um, someone has given you the attitudinal flu. But the key here, you allowed them to do that. You got to give people permission to penetrate the inner sanctum of your mind. You're only as good, really, as what you think when no one's around. You're only as good as what you think when you're alone. And you've coached athletes that are in the Super Bowl, Wimbledon, World Series, really tense NBA playoff situations. And one of those questions I think fans have at home is, well, with as many of the opposition screaming and yelling and waving signs, how is that person staying cool? They well, immunize themselves. They, they do. Uh, I remember coaching Robin Ventura, who played for the White Sox, later played for the Mets. Uh, great human being. Uh, became the manager of the Chicago White Sox. Uh, but I, I was working with Jack McDowell and Robin Ventura, both. Uh, McDowell, a Cy Young Award winning pitcher. Ventura, 
uh, the third baseman, Gold Glover for uh, the White Sox. And uh, Robin would sit in front of his locker room before a game, take out an imaginary hypodermic needle and give himself an imaginary vaccination that made his skin thicker, you know, like a Black Panther uh, outfit, actually, uh, to immunize himself from any negativity or anything that didn't go his way. And he kind of did that as a ritual, sitting in front of his locker before a game. And I think we can all take a little lesson from that. Even though it was symbolic, it, it literally worked for him. And um, stress can not only enter a company, and I see stress in companies a lot, especially Fortune 500 companies who, who are dictated by stock price, P&L statements, quarterly reviews, quarterly analysts. and um, But it's starting to back up into the house. And I, I'm telling you, your home is your sanctuary, Seth. And once you're within the perimeter uh, of your home, well, that's where you need to find solace tranquility, and above all else, peace, harmony. And you got to protect the mindset of all the occupants in the house. And you need to fortify your home, like Ventura was fortifying himself, from the ravages of all that external chaos and negativity. I'm telling you, stress is everywhere, Seth. We run a gauntlet of it every single day. And like water, Stress, stress is going to find the path of least resistance. Now, that least resistance may not be you, but it might be your significant other. Or that path of resistance may not be your eldest who's in college, but it might be that freshman in high school that's living upstairs with their door shut. And uh, because they're on social media, uh, and bullying, cyberbullying, all these things that can happen in social media, uh, that could be where stress finds its way into your house. And I, I'm telling you, once it impacts an individual, it's easy to leap to everybody around you because this low score level, the downs, as I call it, there's low score. That means you've got low discipline, low concentration, low optimism, low relaxation, low enjoyment. And boy, when they're all low like that, you can get into the absolute opposite of the zone. And it's a pretty simple term. I call it the downs. And this is a place you don't want anybody in your family to have. And then when it impregnates the house, well, you leave the house, you can take it to the office. Of course, a lot of people bring it into their briefcase, into their house. And that's why one of the tools I want to mention, and uh, if you go to jimfannon.com, go to the coaching section under life, there is a little seven-minute video. That video is also on YouTube. It's called the 90-second rule. This is just one usage of it. If you've been away from someone you care about and love at least two hours, and that includes going to work. Not necessarily you love your coworkers, but you like them, or, or I'm not sure you need to be there if you don't like them, right? But if you've been away from someone you care about at least two hours, the first 90 seconds, Seth, that you see them 
has more impact on that relationship than spending hours and hours with them later. Put down your cell phone. Close the door on the arena you just left, the house. You know, so I, I, and that's going to work. But if you're coming back from work in the afternoon, late afternoon, early evening, sit in the driveway, make your last business call, turn your cell phone off, mentally get prepared for that first 90 seconds you see the people that you care about and love. And when you walk into your house, find your significant other. Now, I know when you first get married, they always come to the door. Oh, hi, I missed you. I missed you. You know, you've been married 20 years. I mean, you may have to go find them, right? <laughs> they don't know. Sometimes the dog doesn't even show up after a while. But in any event, um, look your significant other in the eye long enough to discern eye color. Mirror her score level. And if she's in a positive, awesome mood, wow, what's going on? Mirror it so you can make a connection. And and if they're low in their score level, uh, maybe you can read their body language. They, they didn't have a good moment or maybe their day's not going their way. You, you don't want to become that, but you want to at least have empathy to reflect that, to mirror it so that you can connect. And now once you connect, you can easily, more readily walk them up to a level of positivity. So the 90-second rule, um, I, I've got a client that actually has carved the 90-second rule on a piece of wood and has put it on the back door where the family enters and leaves the house. Uh, and it simply says, don't violate the 90-second rule. Uh, it's etched in wood on one of my client's homes. And if you have little kids, hold them up, hold up, let me hug mommy, let me hug daddy, because now you're actually training your kids on how to treat their significant other, hopefully 30 years later. And uh, you're also showing respect uh, to mom or dad, uh, you know, your significant other. So don't violate the 90-second rule. Um, stress, negative social media posts, uh, that can penetrate your happiness. Uh, stress is spread. It's contagious from friends. I mean, it's as contagious as the Ebola virus, Seth, and I think it's rampant. The news media blasts packets of stress into our living room with every single story. And then the media throws us a bone with one happy story. I'm like, what's up with that? <laughs> what, you know, what, on this show, we're going to lead with those stories. Are you kidding me? I, there's no negativity here. and. Um, just know one thing, bad news travels fast. Bad news travels 22, according to research, faster than good news. That's amazing. It actually travels faster with gossip and rumor. So um, you got to be aware of those stress. Some people carry stress. They don't even know it. They, they don't have a clue. Uh, I, I believe they could even pass a lie detector test. I'm not stressed as they're voice goes up two octaves and uh, you can definitely hear it in their voice. You can see it in their face and, but they might be oblivious to its presence. So they're not aware that stress has actually changed their mood, impregnated their body. Uh, just make sure it's not you. And when you immunize yourself, we're talking about stress at home, stress at work, <laughs> stress traveling in the briefcase. If you don't shut this thing off, 
your life is in chaos. Then we're back to the fast breathing and a lot of thoughts every single day that are all over the place. And then it's really, really, really hard to be in the zone. Yeah, I, I, on this show, I, I would like for moms and dads to start taking more charge of the mindset of your family. You know, the family is a brand, and I've seen it, uh, the fabric, the family fabric, I, I've seen it uh, uh, unravel over the last 10 or 15 years. You know, we don't eat dinner together. We don't eat breakfast together. Um, even on vacation, everybody's on our cell phones or iPads, not communicating. We don't communicate as a family. So I, I think the way to handle this is to take control of all the thoughts in your family. So let's think about it. The average person has 2,000 thoughts. You're a family of four. That's 8,000 thoughts. Not all about the family. It's all about all kinds of stuff. But that's 8,000 thoughts. And if somebody's stressed out, that number's going to approach 10,000 thoughts. And, and uh, heads of family can't control all those thoughts. There's no way to do that. Just like a CEO can't control all of the thoughts within the company. But, but our children, they're only as good as what they think when we're not there. What does that mean? Well, we need to help them become world-class decision makers. How do we do that? That, that sounds great, Jim. How, how do I do that? Well, you've got to control the thoughts in your own home, your own sanctuary. That's where the thoughts need to be controlled. And so let's, let's take a deep dive. I think there's a couple of dozen things that, that we can do I talked about the 90-second rule. Watch the video, jimfannon.com, coaching, life. I, I think I put it also in the business section of coaching. Watch it. You and your significant other, watch it and make that a part of your life. I, I've got a client right now that he, he'll call me on the way home, and as soon as he gets ready to go into that, I say, I, I got to go, 90-second rule. I go, I'll talk to you tomorrow. It's over. Done. 90-second rule. Baseball players, 0 for 4, struggling at the plate, booed many, many times by tens of thousands of people. Not a great day at the office. And how many pro athletes go home, kick the dog, not happy, and start bitching, moaning, complaining about whatever, the umpire, couldn't see uh, the pitch because of the backdrop in center field, or I don't like playing in Coors Field in Colorado, whatever, turn your brain off from work, whether it's sports or business, and go home to your peaceful sanctuary. By the way, if we're talking baseball, when you occasionally see an athlete like throw a helmet or something like that, that's not a zone state. It, that 90-second rule means getting right back into it, right? Yeah, and I, I go one step further. I've got my five-second rule. You're only as great, and, and this is for athletes. It definitely works in putting, hitting a tee ball you know, off the first tee. You're only as great as the five seconds after every swing, every putt, every drive. So if you roll your eyes, blow 
you know, blow your breath or mumble something negative or even worse, you know, slam your club in the bag or throw your helmet or whack the water cooler, as we've all seen on TV. You've now stayed in the past. And of course, that's not where the zone is. So the zone, it's in another zip code. It's not even remotely near you. Uh, and that's the key to being a great performer is threading the present over and over and over. For a golfer, you're threading shots over holes, over rounds, over days, over weeks. That's how you make a run to climb up the uh, very difficult ladder of success in pro sports. This applies to amateur sports, but this also applies to grades. This applies to homework. This applies to everything. I want to get back to stress-proofing your home. That's your sanctuary. I mean, think about it. If I can't go home and get my breathing down to six to eight breaths a minute, where am I going to go? Play music throughout your house. They've got very inexpensive systems right now where different music could be playing in different rooms. You can have country in one room and new age music or rap in another room. Uh, But music is a pipeline to the zone. This is something that I learned from my mother. Uh, Boy, I love my mom. You know, just uh, an aside, I'd give all my earthly possessions just to have lunch with my mother one more time. What, What a kind soul human being. We were literally, mom and dad and I, as an only child, in uh, Appalachia. Before we moved to the big city, Ashland, Kentucky, which I love, my hometown of Ashland, we always had fresh-cut flowers in every single room. Sometimes they were dandelions. Sometimes my mom picked them off the side of the road. But we always had music. Uh, even when we didn't have electricity, we, we had a transistor radio that my mom was always playing with music. and But we always had fresh-cut flowers. And the other thing, we smiled frequently in our house. And uh, we called each other out if there were no smiles. Um, also in my home, and, and I am so blessed uh, to have amazing parents, we talked quietly and calmly. Once we got in the house, there was a moratorium. Uh, it was unwritten on the yell and tell form of communication. Well, now, the I, yell and tell. Yeah, yell and tell. I told you not to do that. I, I, I've, I've even heard this in an airport. I told you to be calm and quiet as she's screaming. You know, mom screaming with her juggler vein, you know, carotid artery popped out of her neck. Yell and tell. Uh, I, I, there was no yelling in our house. None. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Um, get up happy. Go to bed happy. Now, this is based on science. This is not something that Jim Fannin wrote and created. This is based on how the body works, anatomy, physiology. We know as you transition into a deep sleep, you go through a brainwave pattern called an alpha state that's extremely fertile for suggestion. 
Unfortunately, it will accept good seeds and bad seeds. It'll accept both. Subconscious doesn't care. Has no capability of caring. You know, it's a quantum-based, amazing computer sitting between our ears. Um, But the same thing as we transition in the morning. I'll tell you, get up happy, go to bed happy. I had my daughter on a show a couple months ago, and that's the hardest rule. It took me forever. I, I actually thought my daughter could never have a job because I, I didn't think she could ever make it on time. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't know how it was going to happen. Getting up happy was one of my challenges in my life to help her get up happy. I actually had an alarm clock, special order alarm clock that shook the bed. <laughs> it made this horrific noise. Seth, it shook the bed, the alarm clock. We had it, a part of it went under the mattress, part of it by the bed of the cord. It shook the bed. The lights went off like a disco. The music blasted. And I had to go up and turn that sucker off and get my kid out of bed. I even threw water in my kid's bed. Colby, I love you. It's coming back to roost, baby. Now that uh, my grandson, Bowen, (laughs) you better hope that he gets up happy and goes to bed happy. But that's such an important thing because going to bed happy means everybody in the family can drift off into a peaceful sleep. And everybody can start their day into that zone, purposeful calm. This is crucial. It's got to be mandatory in your family. And you talk about, you know, your kids have got to be world-class decision makers when you're not there because that's all that counts, right? It is. You know, Colby transitioned, became world-class decision maker, and now has one of the most intense jobs I've ever heard of. I mean, ER nurse in New York City in the heart of all the stuff that's going uh, uh, on. She, she's a trauma nurse that uh, is always on time, uh, which is a uh, way to go, Colby, getting those habits. She gets up happy. Uh, she goes to bed happy. Now, you know, Colby uh, believed that, uh, that we went to bed happy and got up happy. She, I think she forgot the transition that it took to actually make that a habit. Uh, but, uh, you know, so many nights she thinks it's every night I, I would say to her, I'd, you know, I'd rub her shoulder or stroke her hair and she's like five or six. And I, I, the four most powerful words you can say to a kid to bolster self-esteem is I believe in you. Now check that video out. Check it out. You're going to see a mom actually do this in a video jimfannon.com, go to the life section under coaching, and you'll see that video. Four powerful words. Most powerful words you can say to a kid right before sleep as they transition into a REM state. Add silence between the words. Retention increases when you do that. Say it only once. And my, my daughter thought I said it every night, and that didn't happen. I said it an inordinate amount of time, and uh, but it definitely made an impact. She has an amazing self-esteem and and great confidence. And uh, uh, unfortunately, if you're uh, in a trauma situation in New York and uh, they take you to Presbyterian, 
if you wake up and my daughter's there, uh, you've been blessed. She'll save you. She, she is, you're in good hands. Yeah, you're in good hands. She's a world-class decision maker. Uh, so get up happy, go to bed happy. That's going to help stress-proof your, ha- your uh, house. Now, look for solutions. Think about the positive outcome instead of the myriad of challenges that you're confronting. How many of us, and we've all been guilty of this, Seth, we, a challenge comes up and we just keep rehashing it. We keep going back into the past. We keep bringing it up. Couples do that all the time, bring it up. Um, and I say some that triggers like a little landmine to conjure that negative back up. And off we go talking about the challenge. We need to look for solutions first. And again, always think about the positive outcome. And I, I want to take a little break from this uh, stress-proofing your home. Um, if you do have a blueprint, and, and you can find all the tools needed to build a world-class blueprint in, in my new book, um, you need to have a vision for everybody in your family, and it needs to be a shared vision. Uh, my spouse and I, we had a shared vision with raising uh, my child, world-class decision maker. So uh, we knew that at 18 when she's gone or, God forbid, she wanted to go to Bonnaroo. Yes, we let her go twice to Bonnaroo. <laughs> twice we let her go. She's 15. What was I thinking? Um, you're only as good as what she thinks when we're not there. So have a vision and for yourself your spouse, even for your marriage. One plus one equals three. You and I together, baby, equal more than a part. Or what is the point? There is no point. Shared vision brought you together. The lack of it will tear you apart. And this segment's on finding that sanctuary of your home. It doesn't have to be a mansion on a hill. It doesn't have to be 7,000 square feet with the priceless art doesn't have to be uh, on a beach. We found that in a dirt floor, an outhouse down by the creek, well water. I'm telling you, my mother and my father with me, we found that purposeful calm, and we had no stress. Now, the good news is we had no TV, so that was probably a good thing. The Internet didn't exist. I know that's exasperated uh, the challenges. Let's talk about a few more. Again, I, I just mentioned place a moratorium on rehashing the negative past. Now, how many times, and I, I want everybody to ponder this, how many times this week, this past week, did you have dinner with your family? You all sat down at the same time. You all had dinner, and you all finished dinner. And then you went to whatever part of the house and you're done. How many of us listening had dinner together? No cell phones, no iPads, no TV, no TV. How many of us had that? Now, that's the one thing that's changed in the last 20, 25 years. We had dinner at six o'clock, period. I'm not going to tell you how many times I went to bed with no dinner. 
I, and I did. It doesn't take many times to go to bed with no dinner. Maybe that's child abuse, but whatever, the lesson was learned at six o'clock, you better be there. And she would give me a courtesy yell. The only time my mom yelled is to yell for me when I was out playing. Jimmy! I can still hear it. If she said James Edward, I sprinted home. <laughs> I'm telling you, I sprinted. Uh, that's helped me get some speed, which I needed for uh, sports. But she would give me a warning yell to come home. But if I wasn't there at six, uh, go to your room. I, I don't remember how many times. It wasn't very many. Uh, I, I uh, didn't want to be late for dinner. Dinner started at six. Dad was there. Mom was there. I was there. Now, I know it gets complicated, especially a family of eight. When everybody's got soccer and music and dance and everybody's dad's working late, I, mom's on committees, mom's working late, dad's on committees for check. All kinds of crazy stuff happens. I get that, but we got to eat dinner as many times as possible and stick to it. We don't need to be our kids' friends. I wasn't my daughter's friend growing up. I'm your dad. We'll have a beer. We'll drink champagne when you're older. And we do. She's my best friend. But at 15, I'm your dad. The answer is no. Why? Because I'm your dad. And dad backwards, D-A-D, is still dad. You know, it is, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, those rules weren't always liked. But I cared about one thing. Making my daughter a world-class decision maker. Every, every decision was based on that umbrella vision in that arena of my life. One more thing. No gossip, no rumors, no talking about the neighbors, no talking about other people. We had no family put-downs. This is hard to believe. I know. I, I never heard my father put down my mother. Now, he might have. I never heard it. I never heard my mother put down my father, not in front of me. I never heard it. I never heard my father curse at my mother. In fact, I never heard my father curse a, one time, one time. He, he had his uh, uh, hand with a hammer. We'll let that one go. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I won't tell you what he said, but I was stunned. I was like, wow, <laughs> I didn't even know what it meant. It was not good. I never heard my mother say a swear word. Not one. Now, parents, come on, we're trying to talk like our kids. We're dropping the F-bomb as parents. Really? What, what's up with that? I mean, look, I, I'm around the F-bomb. I, I, I'm in pro sports. I'm in locker rooms all over the world. I hear all kinds of language, but at home, what's up with that? We can change that. Everybody in your house needs to stop acting like a victim or a judge. Oh, well, deal with it personally or we'll deal with it as a family. And make sure everybody knows the examples of this behavior. You know, call, call people out. Have a meeting. Have an emergency meeting. Take, take charge of what your kids think definitely before 13 because at 13, the peer group takes over. 
you better you I, I'm warning my daughter, you better you better take care of Bowen before he's thirteen. Because at thirteen the peer group's gonna tell him what to say, what to wear, what to listen to, how to act. And I know you will. I know you'll do that. Um make sure everybody has personal, well defined goals that the family understands, the family respects, and the family supports. That bears repeating. Make sure each family member, I'm talking four-year-olds, they can learn goal setting. You know, Seth, I, I had the largest junior tennis program in the world at one time in the 70s and early 80s. 350 international U.S. locations quarter of a million children went through the program and they're all four to eight years old. I trained thousands of instructors in the score system. Tennis was just the vehicle. That, that was my first book, Tennis and Kids, The Family Connection. We taught score using tennis as just the vehicle. So I know for sure that four-year-olds five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds understand and can understand the concept of optimism. We made them say the word and told them what it meant. We showed them what someone not optimistic was doing. We showed them what someone that was optimistic, what they were doing. We need to train our children uh, definitely on um, being positive. Make sure each family member understands their own role in making the family the most positive family in the world. And so how does your family stack up? What's it ranked in the world of positivity? A ask yourself that question. Get with your significant other. How do you think we ra rank as the most positive family in the world? First? Tenth? A billionth? We all have free will but we're not always aware of it. And if we're not, then we're just kind of going with the flow. And, it, you know, really as we're looking at the family here, right, this is really about intentionality. This is about, these are tactics to support your vision for your whole family. And if you don't have that, I mean, you're really just a ship that's just getting knocked around by the waves. You don't know where you're going. Yeah. And, uh, and now society is going to dictate uh, your own family brand. Now, your last name is the brand of your family. And what does that brand mean outside the four walls of your house? Oh, that's the Johnsons. They're always in trouble. Oh, that's the Johnsons. They're never on time. Oh, that's the Fannins. They never cut their grass. Their house is always disheveled. Oh, that's the Fannins. They're great athletes. Whatever it might be, that's your brand. and. And your family brand definitely has a personality. Um, foster open and honest dialogue. Open and honest dialogue. What does that mean? I, I didn't always like the open and honest dialogue my daughter and my stepdaughter have given me. I, I didn't okay. always like it. But it was open and it was honest from their point of view. From their perspective. And, and I get that. And you have to foster that. You have to foster communication. 
the crossing of the arms and saying, whatever, and then storming out of the room. That's not acceptable. And when that happens, and it's happened to all of us that have kids, well, you've allowed that to happen when they were a lot younger, five years earlier, seven years earlier, 10 years earlier, whatever, blowing their breath and stomping out. I don't want to hear it. Open, honest dialogue. Ask great questions. What's that going to do? That's going to spawn great answers. So mom and dad, ask great questions. And it's okay for your kids to ask you great questions on all kinds of subjects that maybe, you know, makes your hair curl. You can't believe they're asking you those questions. But if they're asking you great questions, you need to sit down and give them open, honest answers. Because the world has brought those questions to their doorstep, and now they brought it home. And if I stonewall them, I don't want to talk about it. Well, now, now I've uh, allowed that negativity to enter my house. Go for a family walk. When's the last time you went for a family walk? Everybody, we're all walking. That doesn't happen as much anymore. Go to church together. That does happen. I know a lot of people that go to church together. Um, Allow for alone time for each family member and respect it. You know, that's one of the things I've really noticed since, you know, started doing the Jim Fannin show is you talked about if, if you want to raise kids who can concentrate, you need to not interrupt them. And I have just noticed that, especially with like kids again, the tween and preteen years, just noticed out in public, just parents that interrupt their kids all the time. And it's like, oh, well, how are they going to do that in music, sports, dance, you know, the ACT, the SAT, uh, they're, they're going to have lived a life where they got interrupted all the time. Uh, you got to help them, you know, starting when they're young to be able to be not only great decision makers, but also people who have high score levels, including concentration, right? Well, and, and if you're interrupting all the time and trying to get your two cents in because you know what's best, and you probably do know what's best, what you're doing, you're not fostering decision-making. So I, I see this where dads or moms go out and play soccer in the backyard. They're helping their kid because they're in a soccer league, and they're giving instruction. And every time the child makes a mistake, the parent stops them and gives them instruction. And, you know, maybe, maybe the parent's even a world-class so- soccer player. Maybe they played in college. But let them be who they need to be. Guide them with example, and uh, but let them love the sport instead of constantly interrupting them. How many times, and I, I've seen this owning a highly competitive international junior tennis academy. We had many, many tournaments. Almost every weekend there was a sanctioned you know, uh, tournament at, at our tennis club. And the kids are looking up after every single point into the stands to see what mom and dad, how they react. And mom, you know, pulling her hair out or yelling or maybe giving positive encouragement uh, or maybe trying to give them a signal. But every single point, and I I understand that, but Seth, you're right. Uh, Concentration in uh, America, and I, I do suspect the world, 
it's dropping like a stone. It used to be you could hold a thought for 12 to 14 seconds. I suspect that's under 10 seconds. And I coach a lot of CEOs and chairmen. Go talk to a CEO or chairman. I mean, after a while, they're going to cut you off because they're not used to focusing that long on any one thing. They're busy delegating and uh, chop, 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 let's go, trying to pack everything in. I do get that, but I think focus of energy, mentally and physically, it it is definitely shrinking. Um, Have a vision night at least once a month. I've got a new client, high-powered attorney, very stressful job, travels, international, litigation, high stakes, and he's uh, got three children, and he's incorporated Vision Night. So on Vision Night, once a month, you can do it twice a month if you choose. Uh, everybody is involved in dinner, not necessarily preparing, but cleaning up at least. Uh, you can order out. You can cook in. Uh, but everybody's participating. Uh, you go into a dining area. Uh, turn off the lights. Light a few candles, mood music optional, and everybody talks about their vision of what they want. This includes a five-year-old, a goal. What what do you want to accomplish this month? Could be an A in algebra. Could be uh, you know, dad wants to land a hundred million dollar deal. What whatever it might be, Uh, but everybody has a vision. Uh, No visions off limits. No one. No one laughs at a vision that seems a little off the beaten path. And, um, but it's shared vision, and everybody supports it and then follows up with it. Hey, how's your vision going? Everybody helps. And then at the end of the vision night, as you're kind of wrapping up dinner, uh, everybody holds hands, has a moment of silence, a moment of positivity. And then the family has a vision as a family, it could be the next vacation you're going to have. It could, it could be a 5K community run that everybody's going to participate in. It could be uh, we're all going to clean the yard uh, Saturday. That, that's our family vision. Uh, we're all going to do housekeeping. We're all going to clean our room. We're all going to clean our closet, whatever it might be. But having a family vision, this is all about taking the sanctity of your home and make it your refuge of extreme, extreme positivity. Also, uh, Seth, I I want it to be uh, eliminate drama. How do you do that? Well, you might have to diffuse the situation. If you come in and something has happened negative, if you talk in a calm voice, you can diffuse even the most chaotic, horrific situation, just by changing your demeanor, adding silence between your words. So if there's drama, somebody has got to take the reins and and diffuse it to help eliminate it. I, I know everybody needs to let off a little bit of steam, uh, but you got to let some things pass. Let it pass. Last zero, 
zero negativity, especially in the last 30 minutes before sleep. And speaking of zero negativity, Seth, everybody in your family needs to know that that's being a victim. Whatever you just said, you're being a victim. And that means you're not being a champion. Everybody in your family also needs to know you're being a judge. A judge. That's not being a champion. Stress is everywhere. Protect the sanctuary of your home. Refuse negativity to come in. Uh, We've upset our family here. We, We have upset many, many family members. Because if you're negative, you can't come here. You're banned. Aunts, uncles, cousins, neighbors. We love you, but you got to come in positive. I don't want to talk about politics. I don't want to talk about religion. What are we going to talk about? How, How about each other? How about our own vision? How about our dreams? How about our goals? How about us? But negativity, oh, hell no. It's not coming into my house. It is no way. And, and Seth, you, you've been in my home many, many times. It, it's a place of love. You can feel it when you walk in. I know you can feel it because it's intentional. And happiness begins in your own mind, whatever that may be. It, it ain't money, I, that's for sure. And happiness also begins in the home. Train your kids to be happy with what they have, with what you got. What you got's enough. I mean, dirt poor. My, my parents had five jobs between them. I, I know everybody's heard these stories, and I know you walked 10 miles to school. No, I didn't walk 10 miles to school. I walked a mile to school, though. <laughs> but I didn't walk 10 miles to school. But you know what? It doesn't matter where you live. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter your economic status or not. Family. First, that's what needs to be first and protect the ones that you love. And you know what? It's easy to listen to stuff and say, oh yeah, Jim, that is a good idea. That is a good idea. I should be doing this stuff. Keep in mind, you got to turn this into actionable items and not just check out the podcast and say, I should get to that at some point because executing the basics over and over again, Tom Brady was in the Super Bowl this year, not because he learned to throw the football a new way but because he executed the basics and you know, I mean, and, kinda... and, part, and part of those basics are the mental basics. There's, yeah. There's technical basics. There's physical basics. I get that. Those are, those are a big deal. Those are important. But the, you know, I, I had a athlete call me uh, a couple, couple, this couple of days now playing in the minor leagues. And he said, I, I don't get it. I, I've done all my routines. Uh, I prepared every at bat. I've done the routines on the on-deck circle. Uh, I said, well, how about the mental routines? And he froze on the phone. He said, what are you talking about? I said, you can do all the routines. I'm going to put on my right sock and my left sock. You know, here at, at 220, I'm going to take batting practice. Well, whatever it is, what are your mental routines? And the shoulda, coulda, woulda, those, those three characters, they're cousins, by the way. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. We all know them. They're in every locker room. They're in every house. And they're in every office. Uh, I think they're a-holes, those three people. (laughs) Shoulda, coulda, and woulda. 
They're not nice. They're disruptors. They uh, carry with them uh, negativity. And it really has no place. Um, Choose your blueprint wisely. Choose visions, goals. Understand the key people. You know, Seth, there's probably no more than 50 people in your life or my life. uh, That's our inner circle, if you will. And not just family, you know, the inner circle at work, inner circle at church, inner circle, you know, uh, my family. Uh, the people, your doctor could be part of that inner circle, maybe an attorney. Hopefully you don't need the attorney that much, but, you know, we all have an attorney. But you have that inner circle of people. They need to be positive, even be in your inner circle. Uh, but know the inner circle in every arena of your life. And also, every arena of your life has a score level. And score is just an acronym, self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, enjoyment. It's an acronym that just means one thing. That's your overall attitude. So score and attitude, it's interchangeable. So you have a score level at work. You have a score level at home. I have a score level in my marriage. I have a score level for my own health own wellness. I have a score level for my own spirituality. I got a score level for my personal finances. And it can fluctuate. And it does fluctuate. Uh, I have a score level with siblings, for example. I have a score level with uh, your parents. You know, they coach me. Uh, They're now in their 80s. Huh, I'm coaching them. Score levels change. So, and, and the score level in each of these different arenas, and you're going to learn this in the Blueprint book because I'm just laying it out there. It, it is a proven plan for successful living. Uh, somebody said, well, that's awesome. You wrote this. I said, I, I didn't write this. I didn't write it. Almost 2,500 clients wrote this book. Everything in there is from 2,500 successful people from 50 industries, from 10 pro sports, from every amateur sports, and it's moms and it's dads, and it's everything in between. And that's who wrote the book. And and speaking of books, everybody, you're writing your own book. You're writing your own book of your life right now. And you can write it any way you want. You can get a new chapter if you want and start it. You can reinvent yourself. Take your book in a different direction. There's only one rule in life, Seth. And that is? There are no rules. There's no rules to being successful. Yeah, there's a 90-second rule that most things can be changed in less than 90 seconds. But in terms of being successful, you you decide what that is. It doesn't mean you have $100 million or you're a billionaire. It doesn't mean that. You decide what success is is for you. And there's no rules on how you want to do it. You can use the score system or not. You find your own path. But uh, we need to get busy. If we want to change America and we want to take America to a place that is revered by everybody in the world as a beacon of hope and possibility, if that's what's... uh, On the agenda, it starts with your family. 
And even more importantly, Seth, starts in the mirror. Look in the mirror when you wake up and brush your teeth. There you are. You're looking at a score level, looking right back at you. And you're going to look at it again. Hopefully, you brush your teeth when you go to bed at night. You're going to look in the mirror as you're brushing your teeth. You're only as great as what you think when you're alone. You are going to have challenges, of course. And you can keep coming back to that. Uh, and you can keep raising your score level up. And that's really what oh, I think challenges are awesome. I really do. The higher you go up the mountain, the more steeper it gets and the more competition you get. So, uh, you know, you don't have the P-R-O-B-L-E-M word, the P word that I hang up on my clients if they even say the P word. But no, it's a challenge. But, you know, we have challenges that should inspire you, motivate you. That's what gets you up in the morning, and that should tuck you in bed at night. Yeah, the higher uh, your your vision, I, I've said this to every every athlete, every business person I've coached. If you have abnormal dreams, you got to think in an abnormal way. You can't think like everybody else. Extreme positivity. I don't know. Will we get everybody in the world to do that? Probably not. But you can do that. I can do that. Because we have free will. Let's go to the Zone Cafe. Let's see what everybody needs. Unless you have something to add. Do you got anything in the mailbag? You know, actually, could, I, could we grab a mailbag real quick? Oh, man. Let's open this thing up. And, and by the way, yes. thank you, everybody. Uh, some of your questions I'm not going to have on air. They, they're personal. Uh, I've answered them uh, personally back to you by email. Uh, tell Jim. Ask Jim. Just whatever you want. It's ask. Jim, A-S-K-J-I-M at jimfannon.com. Nothing off the table, no arena off the table. And uh, we've been getting quite a bit. So I appreciate it, everybody. And I'm doing my best to answer these. So what's in the mailbag today? I'm going to put myself in the shoes a little bit because I I can vividly remember how this feels. You know, I've, I've been in some magazine publishing in the past. And when the magazine goes out and gets in your mailbox, that is a a crazy last four or five day stretch. We're talking too much Red Bull. We're talking too many donuts and whatever your industry is, you know what that, that ship date, that, that moment is right. And so this just says simply, Hey Jim, as a manager, how can I help my team during a high stress month? We're about to ship a new product. Well, that's, uh, I, I think the key is to work in reverse that the B to a principle really applies here. Go to B. Don't see shipping it out as B, by the way. See your client or customer using whatever you're shipping to improve their quality of their business, if it's B2B, or their personal life. But you got to go all the way to what B really is. And that, that should inspire you that you've helped improve someone's quality of business or their quality of life with your product or service. Then reverse engineer by date. So it needs to be out by the end of the month. So the day before the month, what are we doing? Hopefully you're not visualizing chaos. Oh no, help, we're late. You will have challenges. You will have vendors that are not doing their part, which may be impacting what you're trying to do for the customer to get this product out. But I'd walk B to A. What are you doing on day 30, day 29, 28, 27, 26, 20, 15, 
10, 5, now. Prepare now. You won't be in chaos later. And that's what the best athletes in the world do. The day before a big event, I, I tell every athlete, deal from strength. If you're a tennis player and you got a big forehand, what do I do the, the day before? I play a couple of, uh, uh, you know, maybe play a, a short set or a couple of games. Hit some forehands. What else should I do? Chill. You're either ready or not. So cramming uh, is really, that's where mistakes are made. That's where stress gets uh, increased. And um, clients, customers can feel the stress coming from everybody putting that product and service together. Before we stop into the cafe, just a reminder, amazon.com or jimfannon.com, the blueprint. You can grab the book, especially if you're brand new and you're just checking this thing out. You've got to know where you're going. If your well-defined goal is a big question mark, we got to change that right away. Nothing great happens without a blueprint. And, um, uh, in in the book, it's not only lays out the blueprint, but also there there's 13 tools that have been proven, been used uh, for decades. That's in the book, and then chapter by chapter, I'm talking about sales, management, different sports, very specifically. So it's about a 300 page book almost, and uh, uh, check it out. It's got a lot of tools and uh, a lot of techniques, and uh, use it to be the genuine, authentic best you can be. And that's the whole point of the book. And of course, we got to cruise into the cafe for a meal right now because you need something. All right, you're driving up. You can only order one thing. Seth's back there cooking up some stuff. And uh, uh, of course, Seth and I are both going to place our, our own order. Uh, but you can order right now only one thing. But the first thing you can order is a giant slab of self-discipline. Willingness, commitment to stay with the task, to reach well-defined goals. Uh, this is the purposeful part of the zone. Uh, you can order that. And if you need a blueprint and a well-defined blueprint, stop right there, place your order, and drive away. But maybe maybe you got too many things you're doing. Maybe, maybe you got too many balls in the air. Maybe you're trying to be the world's greatest multitasker. And I I know the less things to focus on, the easier it is to focus mental, physical energy on whatever it is. So if you need concentration, we got a bucket of concentration. And once you devour that, you're going to devour that. You're going to narrow your focus, be single-minded, and you're going to be like a cheetah that hasn't eaten in a week. You only have one thought like the cheetah, I eat now. If you need that single-minded uh, focus, then uh, that concentration is what you need. But maybe, maybe you need some confidence. Maybe you need some self-esteem. Uh, you can order a, a big heaping plate full of optimism. And, and that's uh, next, always looking at the horizon, looking at that positive next step. Uh, I, I know I saw uh, the great Rick Barry years ago, NBA Hall of Famer, NBA legend, uh, talking about optimism. He would not order optimism. Uh, he, he shot free throws underhand and said, this is a long time ago. So I, I, I had tickets to uh, watching him play uh, down at the Chicago, old Chicago Stadium, and uh, he was the leading scorer in the NBA. I watched him miss the first 12 shots. 
He airballed the first shot. Airball. Air. He got booed. And the game's over. And I saw him after the game, and he dropped 42 points on the Bulls. And I'm like, how'd you do that? I, I mean, you were 0 for 12. Most people would say, I'm going to start passing the ball. You know, it's not my night. And he looked me dead in the eye, and he said, great shooters always make the next shot. Next. So if you need a big bucket at next, which is also going to come with your optimism, uh, place that order now. In the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about stress, and uh, it's everywhere. We talk about stress-proofing your home. Last week, we talked about just stress-proofing your mind. Uh, but if you need a big old cool, refreshing, serotonin-laced uh, drink of relaxation, ah, take a deep breath and, and order that. You're going to have instant peace and tranquility. But maybe you need the Happy Meal. We do have a Happy Meal here at the Zone Cafe. And that's when you are uh, got a little rhythm, a little dance in your step, you know. Uh, you, you got a smile that's perpetual. Uh, you're sending out some positive energy. Uh, It's even contagious. You're making everybody smile around you. And uh, if you need enthusiasm, excitement, even in a challenging time, get the Happy Meal of Enjoyment order right now. And just the awareness that you don't have something, Seth fixes it 90% of the time. What are you ordering, Seth? You know, I'm ordering optimism. Because I want to be spreading that. You know, I, I've seen with the blueprint, with the travel, with the media stuff you're doing, you're spreading optimism. And I just, I want to have a week where I'm spreading some optimism because I'm just going into some situations where I feel like I could be around people who are a little down. And man, I just want to give them that huge shot of looking up. The sunshine is going to come back out even after a hurricane. Seth, I'm ordering enjoyment. And, and it's not that I'm not enjoying uh, my life right now. I am. Um, I, I have definitely a mindset that there's no place I'd rather be than where I am right now. But I want even more enjoyment because I want it to brim over. I'm going to make as many people smile. You know, there's a, uh, a science uh, has proven that all of us humans, we contain mirror neurons. It's kind of like monkey see, monkey do. So if I yawn, I'm yawning, uh, then other people yawn. And it's through these mirror neurons, and you don't even know you're yawning. But if you smile at somebody, they can smile back, even if you're firing them. Uh, Listen, Seth, you're fired. You're out of a job. Uh, I'm going to have to cancel you off the show. But I'm doing it in a smiling, happy way. You'll start smiling and then realize that you've been fired. So mirror neurons work. And I want everybody to do this, but whether everybody does or not, this next seven days, I'm going to give as many smiles. It's the longest word in the dictionary because it has a mile between the first and last letter. A lot of people don't know that. (laughs) Am I right? You got to smile. And I made you smile, Seth. I like that. Mirror neurons. You're number, you're first. You're first on the, <laughs> the list. First, I'm the first smile. I got thousands to go, man. I got seven days. I'm, I'm attacking the, the enjoyment level. You can always come back to the cafe 
and order again. And once again, if if you're brand new and you haven't laid out your blueprint yet, make sure you do that. Amazon.com, JimFannon.com. One last thing. Uh, JimFannon.com. It's a new website, brand new. Uh, up on the toolbar, there's the word S-C-O-R-E. Drop down menu. You'll go to it. It's a score page. It's got a Q&A, the most frequently asked questions about SCORE. What is it? How does it work? How do I use it? So uh, these are questions that have been asked over the last 20, 30 years. Uh, we've decided just to put them in a Q&A kind of uh, format. So uh, if you need to know more about the SCORE success system, and know one thing, it's not just this uh, podcast. It's every writing, every product, every keynote, every service, every, every minute of coaching. The SCORE success system with its collection of tools called the 90-second rule toolbox. It's in everything that we do. So if you want to know a little bit more about it, check it out, jimfannon.com. Go to the score page. And of course, we're going to send you out on a massive shot of positivity, as we always do. Until next week, be in the zone. Be in the zone, everybody. It's the only place to be. This is a Crush Performance Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Today we are talking baseball. And if there's a couple of priorities right now in the game, number one, of course, has to be injury prevention. We all know the landscape when it comes to injuries out there. And we're making progress. Understanding why the problems are happening is one of the biggest steps to solving the problems in the first place. And I think we're doing a pretty good job of that on the injury front. The second major priority in the game today has to be player development, especially when we look at the discrepancy in payrolls. But we're seeing it both ends. Not only are the big role teams really paying attention and now investing more and more into their developmental levels of the game, but the small market teams are building their futures from within, and it's a really, really interesting twist to the game. Not that player development has ever not been a priority. I just think because of what we're learning in terms of developing young athletes, we're not relying so much on maybe that natural talent just to come together and make it to the big leagues. We are engineering and developing world-class performance, and it's very interesting. Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell, can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.